Hi everyone, I'm Portia. And I'm Namsa. Welcome to Assume It Will Be Brilliant, Shondaland Stan Podcast. Hi Namsa. Hi Portia. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm good. Had a very, very relaxed weekend mm-hmm. and I'm a little bit tired still. Sometimes you relax too much. <laughs> or you relax, but, yeah, but you're not good. relaxing. I'm very excited for today's episode because we're talking about all the crossovers that have happened. Number one, how do you feel in general about the crossovers? I feel, di- I feel different about them for different shows. So okay. I think it's fantastic and amazing that Shondaland um, is like this universe unto itself. <laughs> it's so cool. I love it when it comes to greys and private practice. Those are so linked and I, and I, and I love the way they, they did that. I really love the way they did that one time scandal how to get away with murder one, but I'm not a huge fan of the Grey's Anatomy Station 19 ones. Yeah. So it's a mixed bag. I, I've got thoughts. I've got opinions. I've got thoughts, hot takes. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> well, you? I'm very excited for all your takes. I have so many feelings. I don't know. I was, th- I was asking the question more as how do you feel about crossovers in general as a thing that happens on television, you know? And I didn't even know about it because I think people who watch a lot of fantasy shows, so I know, for instance, Buffy and Angel was a thing. Um, right. And yes. then a lot of sort of superhero-y stuff. I think people from like Marvel and DC see each other a lot, yes. you know? The yes. Flash visits the Green Ranger. So I don't know that that's a superhero, but I feel like, no, the Archer? The Green Archer? Gre- the Green the Lantern. Lantern. Lan- yeah. yeah. <laughs> My point was crossovers, I before like Grazer and Shonda and them did it, I used to think was sort of a very comic booky superhero-y thing. And yes. the first time with private practice, because you know, they announced, oh, there's gonna be a spin-off with Addison. And I was like, well, obviously I watched that show, but I didn't realize they were gonna give us mashups and then do it throughout the years. For the people who are listening, the way we've planned this is that we're going to do best, worst, and I guess standard, you know, or yeah. origins, because uh, Grey's Anatomy crossing over with private practice is sort of the beginning. It was happened in the middle. It was a thing that they did first. But we think that the best crossover that happened was Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. And the worst was season 17's <laughs> <laughs> crossover with Station 19. <clears throat> okay. So. <laughs> To begin, let's do Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. But first, preliminary questions, right? Because we haven't actually addressed any of the end of uh, Shondaland shows, even though we've said we're a Shondaland stand podcast. So on the How to Get Away with Murder team, right? Or even, let's say, the whole show. Who who are you? Who do you identify with the most? There's no bias here. As you heard earlier, like, we're very ambivalent lawyers. So it's not like we're rating this number one because it's the law, but also insofar as there was ever the desire to be a lawyer, this is the stuff in your head, right? Like when you're like, what am I going to do? And you are TV. Oh my gosh, the stuff of dreams. Yeah. This is what fools you into thinking you're going to be a, you you know, you want to be a lawyer. Uh Watching Mm -hmm. these shows. Exactly. Um, On how to get away with murder. I would say Michaela. 
Oh, interesting. And I think it's just her, you know, her very analytical brain, her very mm-hmm. focused, ambitious way mm-hmm. that she has. Um, she's very single-minded in her, what she wants to do. Yeah. So I do identify with that. And I, I just don't feel like I'm as um, all over the place as, yeah. you know, everyone else. <laughs> to be, uh, and oh, like a, a, a laurel, I don't get, oh. she, she just gets so distracted by so many, I just, I'm, I, I yeah. don't see myself as there. Um, so yeah, I think it's probably, probably Michaela. And, and I say that and she's not even like my favorite, favorite. I just, I think that's just more where I'm, you know, that's the line I'm taking it. That sort of personality. And you? I would say, I asked this question only because obviously for this episode, I, re, I you know, we watched the crossover so that we would be somewhat prepared and have feelings. And um, I, there's a scene when they are trying to help Annalise with her case where mm-hmm. um, Kana and Michaela are competing. They're sort of like, they both submitted separate ideas and briefs about how Annalise should argue. <laughs> yes and they're yes. yelling on the phone and asher comes in and he's like i helped with both you know <laughs> <laughs> i was like just me i can't <laughs> like when there's like a high level of competition you know and like i'm not the person who's gonna i want this to happen i'll be like how can i help everybody <sighs> we all contributed to the, you know like weakness and let's strength. be a team <laughs> This me. I was dying. I was like, oh my God, I'm so the Asher. <laughs> because I find him quite ridiculous, you know? But ultimately, yeah. it'd be me. Um, and the most lovable, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. Although I know you were yeah. talking about me. But he, he really was. No, no, no. I mean, that's one of the things I think that I would say about you. You know, you, you've got that same Asher thing. Ah, uh, thank you. Much okay. appreciated. <laughs> okay, so let's get into it. So the the first episode was the scandal one, the scandal um, season seven, episode 12, and mm-hmm. then went into the season four, episode 13 of How to Get Away. What were your thoughts, feelings? Okay. For, okay. So just preliminary feelings. So much power. I, right. every single time that they were volleying Olivia and Annalise, when they were in a scene together and they were sort of at loggerheads, when it would end, and they were so short, they were maybe a minute and a half, you know, I would immediately, yeah. I would find that I was holding my breath, you know, I'm like, yeah. you've, seen you've seen this before, why are you acting like, but I was really in it with them. And that just speaks to their power, I guess, as actresses, you know. I Top- also felt like I couldn't even believe so I watched it backwards actually um and watching that how to get away with murder one where they're actually at the supreme court mm-hmm. the t- acting titans that we are seeing on the screen yeah at the same time it took it, it almost knocked me out like <laughs> you have Viola Davis and Kerry Washington and uh-huh. Cicely Tyson and Glenn Turman and Tom it's like yeah, uh-huh. yeah, they were really doing the most with these episodes. One of the things that I enjoyed going back to was I forgot about how stylized each of the shows were, like how they really have yes. the, their own feel to them. And yes. for, in a way that Grace, Grace almost is, is kind of slow, you know, it's in the hospital. It's got like, you know, they have heightened scenes when there's patients or surgeries or whatever. But how to get away with murder and scandal move at breakneck speed. I, you know, also, they should. I think they come with a warning that if you're photosensitive, you know what I mean? Don't watch because... Of, yeah. 
you know, when the thing goes and it tells yes. you it's, it's scandal. Like you're already, my nervous system is already like switched right on to like yeah. level high. Yeah. And I forgot and it's about just that. Like and moving. So it was, exactly. So it was so interesting to see the two shows get clashed like that. Yeah. Um, and as you're saying, like just the sheer acting power, these people are saying many words for not very long, right? Yeah. But they are fully yeah. holding your attention. Part of me almost wished I was like, ah, now that if since you're doing the crossover, I wish the whole episode was actually just the leading people and the things you need related to the main storyline. Because some of the distraction yes. I had was, first of all, if you watched only one of the shows, it was going to be very annoying i think in some Math way confusion uh, yeah especially on the uh, on both sides actually with the b plots and c plots right when you're watching yes. the other side characters do their thing in the way that it's not contributing to the main event which is the big supreme court situation it was interesting because i i'm watching it um and it's now a couple of years later and i'm thinking um, on for each episode, I was like, "Oh my word! So much has happened on this show." Yep, I can't even remember why, where this Isaac guy comes from, and like, what is who's Jacqueline? And yeah. then on the other hand, I'm like, "Who was Marcus again? And why is everyone mad at Olivia?" Like, I just mm -hmm. there's just so much that has happened, even though those were near the end of the of both of the 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 series for both both of the ends. I just so much has happened and so much like you say is happening in each episode anyway that you miss one you've missed like a lot of plot so all of those you like you say those b and c plus that yeah. are on the side i'm like what 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 <laughs> i know so anyway let's focus on the on the on the two main characters in the main storyline first thing up is that salon scene oh yes <laughs> it was you know what was funny to me it was like you know olivia pope does not go there on the regular yeah. Olivia well, in the Pope, scene, they say she she bought it out. But like, it was yeah. so obvious. It was performative in a way. Like, you mm -hmm. know, this lady who works for the president um, yeah. is as not just works for, has you know has held multiple affairs with the the first the president that the, with the president, and then has worked with the wife. You just know she doesn't go to that that hair salon on the regular. And yep. so when you see them sitting there, I'm like, mm, girl, please. <laughs> <laughs> Which Viola did not waste any time <laughs> to call out when she was ready. Um, I just also want to say. I want to give a quick shout out. So the woman who's doing their hair on Instagram is at Body Courage. And she is a hilarious actress. She She's just so fun. And she's a friend of a friend of mine. And oh. I just, this, this is neither here nor there. She's also in a couple of, I think she's on uh, the Baby Sheldon show. Um, but following her Instagram is truly a very sweet treat. I would invite people to do that. But oh, anyhow. Cool. This is a great scene that I love because I think for me, the first time I watched it, right, I had immediately I went to the cliche, right? I was like, this is so cool. Annalise is going to go to D.C. and they're going to be like superhero black lady team. Yes, they're going to yeah. save the world, right? And they're going to love each other. <laughs> and they, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, they're so different, but we're going to see them high five and win. You know what I mean? And this was the yeah. first scene where 
well, they called it out because in the beginning, when they first meet, when they're trying to like set up meetings with the president and by the way, shout out to Millie. Okay. I always forget what oh. a consummate actress she is. And truly the first time we actually see her is in private practice. She's a patient. Um, yes. But anyway, yes. yeah, when they first meet and Liv Googles her and she's like, girl, you can't be the face of this. I don't know about this. You know, they have that thing that is sort of like personality driven right and even yes. i don't know for what reason that um annalise decided hey i'm going to push back against olivia because you know you're going to ask for someone's help you know? yeah. and then they're trying to help you and at the first sign of failure you know annalise is like wow you're so bad at your job <laughs> Like, why aren't you trying to be like, how do we figure this out? What else can we do? But anyway, this is the scene where they they went there. Because I was like, oh, oh, they're doing it, right? They're, they're talking rude. about class. You know, they're bringing it up. They're going there, you know. She called her a yeah. black lady. You know what I mean? And yeah. this one told us she rode up on the mega bus. I was like, oh. <laughs> that was the, the, I was really affected. You know, I thought it would stay superficial, you know based on before yeah. like help me no I can't we have to try hard I have a new idea I kind of thought it would be that sort of cliched back and forth type of you know tennis match throughout the episode but they really like went down into the depth yeah and I also loved that in this very same you know scene and just throughout they're showing us you know firstly Black people, we're not all the same. Mm -hmm. We don't all have the same story. Black women, we're not all... we And, and black women in those positions, mm -hmm. there's so much that we're having to fight. And it also takes a lot of, for us to come together, even though we might have the same goal. Objective. Yeah. Um, because we're, we're, we're fighting so many things in our own stories. And we don't have that. We don't have the same story. There are class differences. There are mm -hmm. perspective differences. There are position um, differences. We just, you know, the black story isn't a linear story. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a culture and mm. that we're all aware of. And that's what's also happening in this conversation. Is, that's true. You know, and, and I just, I loved that perspective is that, you know, we can be strong black females and have mm -hmm. different views and that's yeah. fine and we can still be powerful um, and mm -hmm. we can still hold hold our own and they respect each other for it and yeah. I loved that that, that throughout is... they respect yeah their, yeah. their, really their stand mm -hmm. yeah because even in that scene what you're talking about now I'm remembering it is they have that sense of community beginning you're like yeah okay Olivia, you're totally performing, you know, with this yeah. salon stuff, right? And then they're doing salon talk, right? And they're talking about their commonalities. They're talking about, like, having two um, uncles who used to be pimps and found Jesus, you know? And just... <laughs> And, and they're laughing and giggling but and then you know it's it switches on a dime you know and then yeah. they're talking about their actual true differences but w the one thing that they do do every time is fully allow each other to do what they do 
you know? Exactly. And, I mean, they demand it. They ask for it. Like when Liv says, okay, if we're going to work together, this is my town. These are my rules. We do this my way, you know? And she's yep. like, okay. And then when it came to the law later in the episode, when she's like, look, these people want to come in and help you. She was like, then why didn't they bring Hua come? I'm the one who brought it this far. Let me mm-hmm. do what I do, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They respect each other so much. And they, and like you said, they demand so much of each other and I I loved that about these episodes as well and when mm. she was um I'm jumping a bit but when Annalise was on the floor before oh. she went in and Olivia's telling her you've got to do this you're the only mm-hmm. one who can do this and then she gets the bottle of vodka and she's like you know everything you need is already in you whatever you mm-hmm. think you're going to find in this bottle is already there but I don't have the time to like explain that to you so yeah and yeah just that like demanding her to believe in herself but putting yeah. the bottle in front of her but basically saying you don't need this but fine yeah and yeah and like that thing of you know it's that thing where you're like okay fine I don't need this I better I just I know I've got everything I, I, I think, just love it yeah I think my favorite thing about watching these two uh characters come together right especially this was season four of how to get away with murder so so we've built Annalise already you sort of really know who this person is and likewise it's like season seven of Scandal it's very late in the game right and um, Mm -hmm. they've had a lot of ups and downs one of the things that I think I love the most is they very quickly had a type of chemistry that was both that was both oppositional and supportive, right? Yes. But it was only oppositional in, in the sense of they were defending sometimes themselves, but like off, mostly I felt a principle of what they were trying to do, yes. right? And even when they w- went on the attack of each other, except for when Olivia lied and said that uh, President uh, Grant refused to assist because of... Um, of you, of you and not, you know, what yeah. you very, very well, except for that one moment where there was a lack of integrity. Most yeah. of the time they were calling each other out on, on actual things that were in front of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. When Olivia was saying, how are you inviting distraction into your life right now before the, yeah. the big trial? And then Annalise said, is this actually about us potentially losing or about how it will reflect on you if you lose because you've lost your reputation in this town? In the end, nobody had to say, you're right, I'm wrong. They would just yeah. make peace with what was. And it was really, I, can't, I always, every time it ended, I wanted, I, I found myself wanting a resolution, but very much respecting the fact, in the sense of wanting Olivia to say something like, okay, you're right do this yes. your way or you know uh and at least to say okay yeah maybe i am a bully like reflect on that for some reason you know but yeah. they wouldn't they didn't tie it up in a bow they'd just be like this is what is this is what's happening and then they take a deep breath and move on you know yeah it wasn't neat it was Mm-mm. just it, it was as messy as they both are and I, and I loved that about it as well. Um, yeah. Also, just think it was the most successful crossover in in that it was, you know, carrying on the story. And yes, you just kind of you got why this mm. person was there and that person was there, and you you know it was so they served yeah. each each series was served in it. Um, totally, it didn't feel just like contrived uh, exactly exactly didn't feel contrived yeah. and there's just one conversation that I I also wanted to talk about um yeah. which links up to why I say it didn't feel contrived yeah 
because the other the the opposite effect for me was in the in the Grey Station nineteen um, episode that we're going to talk about, which felt very contrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd watched that episode before I watched this How to Get Away with Murder one. And mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, my goodness, this is exactly what I'm talking about. So that conversation between um, Olivia and um, Annalise's mom, played by Cecily really? Tyson. It's Cecily Tyson's monologue. Olivia doesn't say much, but it's that She doesn't thing, say right? much. But yeah. exactly, after she's like messed on her. Yeah. And... Firstly, Cecily Tyson I know. is a queen. That's all that's going through or, my head. You know. uh, yeah. I mean, you know, so obviously we weren't alive when, you know, Cecily was younger and on film, right? And mm-hmm. so I've only seen her as an older woman. And I've seen a few things she's been in where it's a little bit tokenistic. You know, she's just a grandma. And I think there's generally because of ageism, right? There's a tendency, yeah. even though I'm always like, oh, I love old people. I know that I do kind of make them less three-dimensional than they are. And don't really, yeah. you know what I mean? It, from time to time, because like, yeah. oh, there's a grandma, there's an old. You really flatten them. In this scene, I I really was trying to watch, right, to see, and I was just like, this is such a skilled actress, <laughs> you know? Right? <laughs> I was just she's carrying, yeah, yeah. She was carrying like so much burden in that in that conversation, mm. and it was like, wow. Um, I mean, we spoke about this earlier um, before we started recording, but um, how just before the scene is uh, Judge Strickland going going at Olivia and saying like, you know, are you saying that Mr. Leahy was innocent? Are you saying all these people are innocent or yeah. are you saying it's because of race and just like get, basically get your argument straight? And mm-hmm. Olivia, um, ugh, not Olivia, Annalise then says it, it is about race. Yeah. This turns on race, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes to the scene and you know Cicely oh, her name's not Cicely on the show <laughs> it's Ophelia yeah. says to um, Olivia that you look after everyone you carry so much and you're always looking after everybody and how just like Annalise you're always looking after people and you, you know people are always needing you and then she talks about how even for herself and you look at her as this full woman who's grown up through all of these different time periods in history um from she's she's old now and she's talking about how people always needed her and that's and you know it was it may not have been in the way um olivia is needed by the presidents or whatever Uh but people needed her and she speaks about how um you know sometimes if she she thinks that if she wasn't holding it up, yeah. that the country would fall apart. If she wasn't yeah. there to clean up the mess, the whole country yeah. would just fall apart. And yeah. not just her, but she says if we she says weren't we. around, yeah, it's so beautiful, and it's this embodiment of like, yeah, it's if women weren't around, but also if black women weren't around, yes, exactly. And it was like, oh, it hit that, it hit it that thing. It was so seamless. Yeah. I, at the end of that scene, I was like, oh, because w- while you're listening, when she says we, there's so many points at which to relate to it. If you're mm. watching it and you're sort of very self-identified in the moment, you'll be like, yeah, I feel that just as a, as a human being, right? Because often that's what we do. Mm. We often feel responsible for everybody's feelings and, you know, we 
make our decisions based on how other people might feel about them, you know, even though we literally can't <laughs> control that, you know? <laughs> and then, you know, she's talking specifically to Olivia and about her daughter and her community. So she's saying we, and it comes right after, you know, Viola makes that very, you know, serious declaration that race is a determinant, you know, yes. in this case. And you can't help but also see that she means black women as well. And it's true. Yeah. For me, that was how it's subtle. Yeah. But it makes the point and it and hits that, 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 that thing, you know? Yeah. And it also comes after when they were, remember when uh, Mama and her husband, arrived yeah. and she was feeding the family and she's talking to them about the importance of this case and how this country needs it and she mentions that yeah it started when all i would see everywhere in the neighborhood women 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 everywhere Be and then yeah. i realized that they had carted off all the men to jail you know sure yeah. uh, i know so it's sort of like a really brilliant uh full circle situation that scene coming back it is beautiful and uh, Porsche watching this after I watched <laughs> no we're going we're coming to the worst we're coming to the worst just now I did want to also talk about the actual um so one of the things I did like I'm, I mean I'm doing this with Bunny is like disappoint me but not really at all mm -hmm. is um I felt like the lead up, the preparation to the case, even in the the episode before the scandal episode in How to Get Away with Murder, because I watched it for context, right, to try to remember how mm -hmm. the case came up. They they talk about like here's how you can argue this: the Sixth Amendment. Da, 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 da. It's very dense, right, and very specific, yeah. and they're just really putting the case together in this beautifully crafted way. And I know we only have forty minutes in an episode, but one thing <laughs> that the courtroom scene did feel quite uh contrived to me at some point even though obviously her final monologue is so beautiful i still cried as one does you know um it's so mm -hmm. passionate but i did find that the way you know the judge who was apparently like feeding questions to the opposition and he the one who was really going after her mm -hmm. i just I, I just found the way he was doing it to be so over the top right that's not how yes. Supreme Court Justice would do it. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, this yes. is obviously to just be... And that's when it, it felt a little bit preachy. I mean, the whole thing is obviously preachy, but I was like, oh, I wish he was just a little more brought back. I wish he'd asked like two or three very like concise, important, challenging questions, right? The way that they had been doing throughout the last few episodes while they were, you know, crafting and refining what they were going to argue before the court, right? She could still have had that beautiful monologue, you know? And it would still be very, very impactful. And I did like the 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 drama of of her remembering go and get this judgment and sending Michaela. Like that is the TV excitement I needed. Yes. I didn't need the judge aggressive in a way that felt like this is a Fox News man shouting at at the at the at, at the lady lawyer you know even him keeps saying don't interrupt me i'm like oh you're being extra now with this man you know <laughs> although you know Porsche, i so i hear you and a part of me agrees a part of me also thinks like you know they 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 heard this case especially like it wasn't like yeah. um it's not an appeal yeah. Uh, that came from, you know, the Supreme Court of the state or whatever. It was specially heard. And yeah. he's basically trying to 
make, prove the point that this is a waste of our time. They didn't need to hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a state's issue. We shouldn't yeah. actually. So I, I do get that aggression in a sense. Yeah. Um, because it's not like going through the, you know, that sort of normal process, so to speak. Mm. Um, and also their hand was forced because they were going on television. Right, and, right, right. You know, making this this big deal um so they 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 were forced to hear it and also the other part of me is like it's tv and this is still yeah. like you know the you, you, they're scene. still having the like, drama you know so i i mm. did I, I did i didn't really f- it, it didn't irk me so much um but again that might be my bias just because of what the whole episode was about and i, I do yeah. definitely think that that plays into it yeah. Okay. You know what? You make a fair point. Now that you say that, if I'm thinking this is a conservative judge who's angry that his hand was forced and he's trying to get it closed, fine. I just, I found him so attacky, especially he said like, don't interrupt me four times. You know, I was like, ah, now you're just doing too much. You know, also she wasn't interrupting you, just answering your question. Although I've seen that happen so many times in real life. Especially when a man is mansplaining and you're not saying anything, don't inter you just like look in a certain way, like you change your face, don't interrupt me. I've 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 definitely seen that. So you mean but I but I hear you. You're right. I mean in the specific place where they are, it's you know, it's not quite the decorum. Yeah, it just didn't feel uh, in the Supreme Court. And I was like, there's already so much drama going on. I just felt uh do I need this? But I did like that flourish of her reading his words back to him. Yeah, there's always like a, a like a got, gotcha moment is always quite juicy. You know, you you enjoy it as a television watcher. And I think also that's where why it was. I mean, obviously for the television purposes, needed it to be that dramatic because yeah. he yeah. then you know his words come right back to bite him in the bum like. <laughs> So, in the realest so, way so, so, so good she he was if those were indeed you know his prior words she says as a he she says that he said as an arbiter of the law with whole knowledge of historical jurisprudence in this country race must always be considered a variable which yeah. would seem obvious right but still mm. needs to be stated and one of the things i think this episode came out in what year was it I want to say 2015 2018. or 2018. 2018? Oh, wow. Mm. I really think I'm older than I am. Um, <laughs> still relevant. You know what I mean? Still not, yeah. not relevant. And that case probably does need to be brought to the you know Supreme Court. Anyway, uh, to close this segment out, I do want to shout out to uh, them coming down those steps. The coat game was strong. Okay. Oh, uh, they looked fantastic. Oh. They really look fantastic coming down those steps. And there is just something I have to just say, black women in yellow. What it's oh, always majestic. It. Like no matter the hue, I'm like, wear more yellow, everybody. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Um also wig game, strong. Okay. So strong, boss. So, so strong. strong. <laughs> Oh my word! I was 
like Viola came to the oh nines. Exactly. So did so did Olivia. I had missed her little bouncy bells. You know when she walked. I loved. Head, they both bounce. had that like bouncy. Oh, it was mm-hmm. it was it was wonderful. It was, it was wonderful. really wonderful. And they both just act. I just acting game. Okay, these two people are queens of the micro expression. I don't know what they else. really are. You know, they've got the big eye game strong as well. You know, they really just be looking at you and you're like, yes, I feel all the emotions. Thank you for <laughs> communicating this to me. And then also just the queens of just the drama. They can yeah. bring it. They can yeah. really bring it. And they will bring everything to the scene. And uh, and they did not disappoint. I also just want to exactly. shout out um, Fitz because probably in later, in later podcasts, <laughs> we might be hating on him. So I just want to give him props just this one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank what? you for, for, for reminding for, oh, for reminding Olivia, Olivia. Mm. who she okay. is. You Fine, know. but he definitely needs to go on the list of toxic men. <laughs> <laughs> the toxic men of Shadowland. Woo-wee. Woo, there's so many. Since we're discussing toxicity, let's move right on to <laughs> the, the Station 19. Grace crossover season 17. <sighs> 11 for Grey's and season four, episode six for station 19. And it should be said that basically right now, the way things are, there's a general crossover happening all the time. Cause one of the doctors at Grey's is dating the firefighter in station 19. And like, they're always in each other's lives. Ben Warren works at the fire station, right? So he's always there. Bailey is always visiting the fire station. So I don't even know if these are separate shows at this point or if they should just label them one big crossover show. I, you know, whenever they have on Instagram, when they advertise that there's going to be this big crossover, I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) Isn't this what the show is now? (laughs) Aren't these shows just that? Like, there's so many crossover episodes that it's, yeah, like you said, it's like basically that's what they are. Um, Which for me, I've got thoughts about it. I, like I said in the very beginning at the top, I don't love it. And the only reason I don't love it is because, and I think it's because of this specific episode. Such an important thing happened in Station 19 for a Grey's Anatomy character that it just felt like what happened here and so I get that they're doing this whole crossover thing I just for this I just felt like if you're going to have very specifically important things happen let Mm. them happen to the characters on their show on their original show yeah and like and and that's why I say this the the how to get away with murder scandal one was so successful is the important things for the characters happened on their show, so right. you're watching Olivia um what rather than Annalise breakdown before she goes in happen on how to get away with murder and not on scandal because that would have been right. weird. <laughs> so this one it just feels like it took away yeah. for for a Grace fan. What it, and it gave something to the Session 19 fans that I don't know was necessary. That specific, this specific episode. Maybe we should get into the episode. Yeah, let's get into the episode. But I agree with you. The biggest difference, the reason this is worst and Scandal, How to Get Away was best, is that it moved the story along. They weaved it in quite seamlessly. 
and had like a high drama moment, you know, that was yeah. important to both sides of the street, you know. But in this yeah. episode, yeah, first of all, uh, this wasn't even announced as a crossover, right? Mm-hmm. This killed off a character who had become a main character in that he was dating Meredith Grey, okay? Yes. <laughs> it was a follow-on to a very pivotal situation in his storyline, right? Because DeLuca's father had mental health issues and he started to seem to be, you know, declining in the same way as his father once had and he'd had to mm-hmm. stop being a doctor. He'd had to go to... Uh, to go in treatment and figure out how to, you know, be on balance. And the one of the things that happened to him that caused him to have a big break is that he had seen the signs that one of his patients might be being trafficked. But because he was already very high strung and people in the hospital were not trusting his judgment, the woman had gotten away. Later, he sees her. Now he's doing better in his life, right? He's sort of mm-hmm. getting it together and he's like, I'm going to go catch this woman. I knew I wasn't wrong about this. And uh, his sister Karina comes with him. And then he just goes to the world of Station 19. It made absolutely yes. no sense. He had never before then, right? If, if it had been Bailey, for instance, whose husband works at the, <laughs> yes. at the station, you know, and she's been there. She knows the people more than any other character in uh, Grey's Anatomy or even the black woman. Vic. Yeah, yeah. Even Vic. She dated Avery for a little bit, right? If mm-hmm. Avery had had an adventure in Station 19 again, yes. Vic, makes perfect sense. But DeLuca is the brother of Karina, who is dating the yes. chief. So it doesn't, he's not out. It just made no sense. sense. <laughs> Portia, it was just, I was so disappointed. And I mean, like you say, I mean, DeLuca had been there on Grey's Anatomy for so many years by that time. And the story that ends his life began on Grey's Anatomy. Exactly. It just didn't make sense that it would and end on station. And that's before we even get into how he died. Yes. Oh, Portia, I've got thoughts about it. <laughs> Please take it away, Domsa. <laughs> Okay, I just, so I, for me, I just felt the worst of the crossovers that they've ever done because it was, again, not even announced as a crossover when it is, in fact, a character who's a main character on Grey's moving over to go and die on another. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I believe we found our very specific pain point. Well, I, oh, I guess if we're getting technical, he went to begin to die because he gets taken <laughs> to go to, the to go begin to die. Yeah. But the whole story of how it's happening is, it, and you know, this the plot points began on a different show entirely, and I just felt like, ooh, and 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 I wonder. One of the questions I do have is, season sixteen was cut short because of COVID, and they were going to kill one of the characters on season sixteen, one of the lead mm-hmm. characters. So I'm pretty sure that it was obviously going to be then Andrew DeLuca that they were going to kill off in season 16 of Grey's. I just wonder if the plan was always to kill him off on station 19 or if that just happened because of how things, you know, unraveled um, with with COVID. Because 
if that, you know, was how it was always supposed to happen, I, again, then I'm like worse, worse, worse. I, but I just felt, feel like maybe it maybe fell apart a little bit, whatever their plan mm. was on how to kill him on Grey's. So I cut them a little bit of slack there. But as far as this episode goes, firstly, the storyline to begin with, with DeLuca, I felt was conflicted with yeah with him having the mania on one hand um mm. and also this tra- this trafficking storyline on the other hand i felt yeah. like it was a little bit of a missed opportunity in the way that they handled it i wished they believed it, believed him at first yeah um, and i wish it wasn't conflated with mental health um yeah i agree there was i mean I think it's probably a bit of everything, right? I I cannot even begin to imagine how complicated it was once COVID hit for all these shows to go, literally go back to the drawing board of how the hell to even make a TV show when people aren't allowed to be in the same space, you know? So I do think probably the writing took a hit, the timelines (laughs) all took a hit, so they had to move things around. But also that sort of like flat-footedness juxtaposing a mental health issue with sex trafficking and making like a victim of sex trafficking be the victim of the suspicion of mental health, right? That was happening at the same time as you were having like Maggie and Bailey just randomly start discussing like statistics of, you know, black maternal health. And it's when, as we spoke about, I think in episode four, they were really trying to say a lot of things all the time and danger, 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 you know? (laughs) And so I think it's just part of that whole messiness of them, like not really being able, maybe circumstantially, as you're saying, because of COVID and I don't know, the demands of putting out episode after episode after episode of like a pretty now old show you know trying to keep yeah. it interesting and so maybe and still just stick with throwing, the times yeah and they're trying to just throw pasta at the wall you know and see what sticks i i agree with you i think it got a bit like untidy the whole yeah, thing and yeah, even in this episode of station 19 i felt like the discussions that were, they were having on station 19 look this whole episode was a mess for me because i <laughs> the station 19 element of it without Deluca felt yeah. side side story yeah, you know yeah, what I mean, completely, and, and which completely. was weird for me because we're watching Station Nineteen. It yeah, and the whole <laughs> show they're following Deluca and Karina around to catch a sex yeah. trafficker. I know, like, will there even be a fire this episode? What are we even yeah. talking about? Today? It was, it was yeah. weird, and I it, just it would be interesting to find out how the decision was made to have Deluca go to, to Station Nineteen to get um, s- stabbed. That's the other thing. The very specifics of it. They're chasing this woman. I don't know. It, it was a very messy episode. I don't even really want to comment because nothing makes sense. That's the main issue. The, the math doesn't math. I'm confused. it doesn't add up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just felt disappointed in this. And especially from a person who, you know, if you're only watching Grey's, it was completely confusing. Like, yeah. oh wait, what happened? Because the last thing you see is him leave with Karina to go chase this lady. And the next thing you see is he's dying. And you you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> what? What happened? I mean, it was um, such a wild consumption <laughs> to to assume that all the Grace people watch Station 19. Like, that's the part that especially, really blew my mind. Because he really does just show up stabbed. Yeah, I just... It was weird. And I think the other... Like, when I'm saying about the B part of the plot is... The Station 19 characters, 
um, I mean, you see that previously on on the episode um, before this, they, you know, it was again that the trafficking storyline is where I guess they were bringing it up first, um, and they, you you have the whole black men and policemen confrontation, mm-hmm. and that whole thing, which again was like, oh, this, ugh, it feels like so, so Forced. now, mm. it's it's forced mm-hmm. and then the discussions they have in this episode it was like oh i don't know and and you know when vic is like you know when vic is talking about the struggles of black women and how you know mm. we're holding up america and we are not appreciated and blah when she's having that whole discussion mm-hmm. it felt so contrived it did and not, not feel like the bathroom scene <laughs> it didn't feel the like the bathroom scene which is what made me so upset when i yeah. i was like this is what i knew. when you watch them back to back yeah when you watch them back to back it's like oh this feels so overtly i'm trying to make the specific points but i don't know i didn't find it relatable it feels like to me, it feels a lot of the, these episodes um, that happened during pandemic time, which would make sense, felt like they put out the first draft of everything. Nobody yeah. edited. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody tried a second go at it, you know? Like, yeah. So that's for me. I just, I didn't, I, ugh, I didn't love it. Um, I know. I didn't like what I did like though that I found like interesting was where Karina and DeLuca are um Andrew should I say I mean they're both DeLuca when they're on the when they're going to the, the train station and everyone like all these people are trying to get away from them because they're speaking Italian and of course <laughs> Italy <at> this... <laughs> was like epicenter dot com of covid it was quite funny because hello welcome to the black or um Mm. you know people of color experience whether it be asian like you know asian some form of asian if it's you know chinese or japanese or korean or um if you're if you're muslim or whatever it's like okay that's really (laughs) funny that's what it feels like so that was quite funny to me (laughs) oh my gosh but you know what these they they were were really trying to teach us all the lessons this year racism and all its different packages xenophobia they've really brought it on all the levels um speaking of uh, just bringing humor back i wanted to do you remember in uh, the crossover how to get away with murder you know how michaela cheats on asher with marcus yes I really laughed hard and I wasn't expecting to when she's turning him down and she says, you know, I have a boyfriend. So even though you're, you're cute and whatever, and she says, yes, even though you're everything I ever thought I wanted in a man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Michaela, you are too honest. Ooh, anyway. She's like, what's wrong with you? At the, she's like the one scene. And yeah, she's like, yeah. do you wear socks or sandals? You My mom <laughs> laughed at that one. <laughs> Okay, so let's move on to the original intro to the crossover in the Shondaverse, which was between Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice. 
Let's see. The main ones are obviously when Addison goes to LA for the first time, right? And then we have the, which was like the, I remember this being the big crossover moment. It was super promoted. And that is the episode arc. It's over two episodes on each show. And that's when um, Acha, who's introduced to us in private practice, he is Addison's brother. And it turns out he has what they think is a brain tumor at first he thinks it's an inoperable brain tumor and he's really trying to live his best life but then he has a seizure with Naomi and then they look at it and they're like this isn't a tumor these are worms in your brain so that's the big one that's season five episode 14 and 15 on Grey's Anatomy the entire California crew comes to Seattle and then the next moment we get a peek uh, a little bit of a crossover vibe is when Mark Sloan a pod fave <laughs> finds out he has a daughter named Sloan who is pregnant so he needs Addison's help right we also have season four episode 13 which is when Addison comes back to Seattle for a day and that is truly one of my favorite episodes um of Grey's completely of all time. And then finally, I think the last crossover moment we have, it might be the only one where Grey's goes over to private practice, is when Bailey comes to LA with a patient. And then of mm. course, as we discussed in episode three, we already did the musical episode. I guess technically it counts as one of the private practice folks because Addison comes over to help uh, after Callie's accident, right? Because mm. Mark calls her to do so. And so then she's in the singing episode. And then the last two episodes that are, crossovers but also singular actors are when Amelia comes to Seattle and then we get to see all the dimensions and hear some more about the backstory of the Shepherd siblings right but other than that um, you have taken note of all guest appearances that were crossovers in the entire Shondaverse right well I mean I don't know if I'm going to cover the entire one yeah. <laughs> but um, it's it's so interesting because the very first time I think think it happens is when Addison goes to LA for the very first time and it's the end of season three before private practice began and it's when they piloted those two private practice episodes mm -hmm. and you see Addison being with the LA crew and it was like very funny episodes um, and the, the case was really interesting but I guess the only crossover moment in that is really the Addison being in LA but mm -hmm. in that episode we see many from Scandal yes. mm -hmm. for the first time. She's she's playing this character named Kathy whose husband isn't doesn't want to have sex with her. Mm -hmm. And she's like really frustrated and she's speaking to Sam and Cooper no, and Sam. The no, yes, it was Sam, and, Sam um, and the therapist. Yes, yes. Violet. And they're trying to figure out like what what's wrong. Yeah. And I don't of course we don't know at the time that this is going to be Madame President in scandal. Exactly. Yeah. Which so is it's really... it was it's a it's a trifecta because it's mm -hmm. basically happening Grace and private practice and then yeah. later she's on scandal. And then it just made me think of like a whole bunch of these characters that either are playing the same character mm -hmm. on multiple multiple shows for instance Addison Mark Bailey you've mm -hmm, said mm -hmm. and then Amelia and then of course Ben who's playing the same character in Grey's as he's playing on Station 19 of course yeah but then there's also these characters who are playing who are diff completely different um, right first, who come in first, as guest stars right they're guest stars in the exactly. show and they become like main actors on a different show Bonnie who's uh, does I think a two or three episode um, 
thing on Grey's where she was a cancer patient and she was friends with Izzy. Yes. Um, when Izzy was, um, oh, yes, when Izzy had the Izzy Mets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she got, and she was getting her cancer treatment and um, she eventually died. But then she becomes Bonnie on How to Get Away mm-hmm. um, with Murder. And then Quinn um, mm-hmm. is in the one episode in season seven um, of and she of, of Grey's and she thinks she's she could be pregnant. And she's what makes Christina realize that Christina's pregnant. That was actually a really expertly done moment, right? Because she's sort of playing yeah. a flighty kind of patient. And yeah. uh, Christina asks her, when was your last period? And she's like, I don't know. So she sort of says, well, when was the last time you sort of ate too much and felt a bit weird and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, la, 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 la. And then in her own brain, it's like, bing. <laughs> this, could, this is me. This could be um, me. And then, of course, we've got those characters who are not just there once, but are playing a big role mm-hmm. in Grey's or another show. For instance, um, we've got uh, Roger Jean-Page, who's playing <laughs> um, Simon or the Duke of Hastings in Bridgerton, which is another Shondaland show. Right. But before that, he was on For the People, which, I mean, I loved. And he was playing um, Leonard Knox and he was assistant um, uh, district attorney. And I actually really liked his character. Um, and it was actually really cool to see him then on Bridgerton. I was I like, mean, oh, wait, this is a Shondaland show. I guess I do like his character, uh, but also he kind of plays the same. You know, I suppose when you are that handsome, you know, yeah. you can really only play sort of like handsome, cocky dude. I mean, obviously you can do more. True. That's not all you have left. But his character on For the People is very much very similar. That's true. And I guess in Bridgerton, he's using his accent. Whereas in For the People is not, is actually having using an American accent. Yes. Um, yeah. But then um, we've got the major ones, which uh, we spoke about, I think, in episode one. Thatcher mm-hmm. on Grey's becoming Cyrus Bean. Completely opposite characters. Like they're not the same person in any way, shape or form they are <laughs> I mean this is, and this is why I think we spoke about it maybe in episode 201 uh but about how these two I think we gave them honorable mentions yes in, in, in our first episode because yeah these two actors are truly you know top-notch Ellis Ellis paying Sally Langston later on yes and also Thatcher playing Cyrus Bean because Cyrus yeah. Bean <laughs> okay <laughs> Cyrus Bean. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's all that needs to be said there. <laughs> you, although I will say that Ellis had much more better, had a much more better, now my English, huh? Like had, yeah, they were much more better. Let me just stick with it. Had much more better monologues and moments on Grace than she was given the opportunity to do on, on uh, Scandal. I, I suppose because of sort of like leftist bias, you know what I mean? Yeah. But Cyrus, I mean, Thatcher, I like the range, right? Because Thatcher is such a sullen, soft, like made to hide character, you know, but you feel yeah. the depth of his emotion whenever he's on screen. Like I really used to feel, I wanted to be on Meredith's side, but from the real, I was like, but just be nice to your dad. Your mom was so mean. Your you mom know? was horrible. But yeah. when he plays Cyrus Bean and he is that rageful, resentful, like calculating political animal, as he calls himself, it is truly amazing. You know, it's frightful. It's frightful. Yeah. And of course, um, one of my faves, Henry, 
Oh. who's then um, on Grace and then becomes Jake, who's not my fave um, on Scandal. <laughs> they did so much to Jake. I will say that as far as acting goes, I mean, to be fair, it's not like he was being asked to, to do a whole lot once he became like B619 Jake. They really did take him on a journey that didn't give him much to work with, you know? It's not um, my favorite. Not my fave, but as Henry, very much yes, please, you know? Yes, please. I'm really sad about Henry, but it was it was a great, I guess, story arc for Teddy. So yeah, that's true. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Um, and then of course, I say of course, but mm-hmm. really, does anyone know this? <laughs> Nathan Riggs, Grace, yeah. then was on off the map your show, Porsche. Um, okay, and so yeah. was Ben. I think. Ben was also ben was on off the map. Yeah, let me tell you something about Ben Warren, okay? He's been everywhere, okay? <laughs> all over Shondaland. He's been all... I, th- I wonder what, like, his real-life relationship with the team over there is because it really feels like they were like, God damn, we got to get him in something. <laughs> like, we need... Like, somebody there is, like, his best, best friend, you know? <laughs> he really... He, he, has, he has, like, the casting director's immediate, like, they are speed dials. And then um, last but not least that I could think of was George. Um, Grace George then went on to be on the second season of The Catch, which shamefully I didn't watch. Um, uh, um, part of the reason it got cancelled. Yeah, um, I was, <laughs> was going to say, you know, it, it's not shameful. Part of me feels like it's all right. Don't, don't worry too much about that. I yeah. just, and one day I actually want to rewatch it and just, well, when I say rewatch, I did watch, um, I think half of the first season and uh-huh. I just want to see like, was it as bad as we say or no. did it get a bad rap in the same way? Like we, re- we found the musical episode redeeming eventually. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's one of those. So I, I'm going to definitely give it a chance. It's a chance at some stage and we can discuss, but yeah. So I just wanted to like, um, just talk about those, especially in this crossover um, landscape. And it really, for me, began in Grey's Anatomy, and which is why, like, I mean, the Grey's, um, you know, just Grey's land is just mm-hmm. this big thing, which, you know, g- gives birth to so many of these other big things, which is so cool. Um, and just that first, just to go back to that first Addison episode, introducing private practice, I think it was brilliantly done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me so intrigued about private practice and it, and it made these doctors that I've never seen known to me. And um, yeah. Do you want to start or do you want me to? No, you can go for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not much to say, I guess, about when Addison first goes to Los Angeles. It really is a, promo what i will say is one of my favorite characters well probably one of my favorite actresses because i still watch her now in the good fight and i actually love her is audra mcdonald it is the saddest thing for me that i'll i'll probably i don't know if she'll ever act again on broadway but i've never had the chance to see her because that's where she's from she's an amazing singer i've seen clips on youtube and i think i paid once uh, to rent like the show that she did where she played Billie holiday anyway audra mcdonald is just 
a consummate performer, a brilliant voice, brilliant mm. actress, and she's amazing currently across Christine Baranski on The Good Fight. Uh, for all you other lawyery people out there or who like legal shows, could not recommend that show enough, but that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> but Although at some stage, is, I think we should probably talk about The Good Fight because that is yeah. a show. Oh my God. Yeah, we can just do that. It's our podcast. <laughs> so, um, but so Audra McDonald, plays Naomi for the duration of private practice. But in the first two episodes, when LA goes, when LA goes, when Addison goes to Los Angeles and she's sort of just visiting her best friend, Naomi, it's a completely different Naomi. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's a whole other actress. And when I was rewatching it, I was like, wait, what's happening right now? Where is Audra? And I completely forgot that happens sometimes. You shoot pilots with some actors and they get contracted out and so on and so forth. Anyway, at the end of that arc, because they're just introducing us to this is Sam. Sam is married to Naomi. This is Cooper. He kind of like sleeps around and isn't sure where he's going to be. His best friend, Violet, she's a therapist, but Lord knows she could use her own therapy, right? Yeah. Um, This is uh, our, our resident hot dude, right? Pete who is into alternative medicine. Um, yeah. And then funnily enough, in the first, in the pilot, we do not meet Charlotte King, who is my other favorite yes. at private practice. And I love her for being Southern, for being tough, for being just, she was also very funny, I thought, in her sort of acerbic, sharp, mean kind of humor. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so the big, big crossover moment that comes to us is when Addison has a brother and he gets ill and then they have to go to L.A., I mean, to Seattle. And she, at the time, so much has happened in private practice. Naomi is no longer married to (laughs) Sam. Sam, And uh, I know, I think we know that they're divorced from the beginning, actually. Because that's one of the things that the storylines that they start really early trying to figure out what happened there for Addison. Because she goes there being like, I'm here to start a new life because Meredith is with Derek. And And she um, wants a baby. And I want a baby. And so I'm kind of done here. And so she goes to get help from Naomi, who's a fertility specialist. And one of the things she's like, what the hell happened to you two? Like you two were supposed to be endgame and together Mm. forever. Anyway, she goes to Seattle with Naomi because Naomi's dating Archer at the time. And eventually sort of like the entire crew comes along. Sam Mm. also comes over. And one of the things that was great was how it it just filled in the backstory because we know that they lived in New York right mm-hmm. but you just don't have as much information and I just thought these actors are so good this was done so well because there's a moment at the end I believe of the first episode the first crossover episode after Archer's surgery is successful or just before it happens when Meredith is standing with Christina on the balcony and they're looking down at Mark, Derek, Addison, Sam, Naomi And they're just sort of like talking, you know, just shooting the shit or whatever, like chatting. And then Meredith is like, he had a whole life before me, you know? And it just makes you think about that. You sort of meet a person and you think, oh, yeah, this is us doing life together, you know? But they had a whole other life before. And, you you know, you you don't know what the details are. And I thought that this was, they really shaped in in such a short time, right? In two 40-minute episodes, right? They created chemistry. They had a vibe. They were singing that song that apparently Derek sang to Addison and with all the puns about medicine. It was just really nice to see that. It was like, it was really cool. And I I mean, that specific scene um, in the bar was one of my favorites. And because you just saw this like different side of Addison and Addison and Derek's relationship. And Mm -hmm. like they're reminiscing on this time when they were once happy, which is like really quite nice to see. And without because the bitterness. Because the whole time, without the bitterness. Because the whole time before that, you're just seeing them just 
bitterly angry at each other for mm-hmm. a long time um, and you can see they've let it go and and just it, there's like love in the room which is so great yeah. and what I do love about the Grace Private Practice episodes just in general is how you know you see that first this first two where Addison goes to LA and you see this one with Archer coming in and without ever watching Private Practice you know who these characters are Yeah, you yeah. understand the story you're not lost you mm. like it makes sense to you and they're able to read the story throughout whenever Addison comes over or whenever Amelia comes over or Bailey goes or mm-hmm. Mark goes they're able to say you're able to see that this is the same universe it's happening at the same time and the story is not missing like you're not missing one huge chunk really from the other and, and really, they're telling full stories in those episodes as yeah, well yeah and I, 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 I sorry my mouth is uh, my thoughts are running too fast for my mouth <laughs> It really, three things I really like that were done really expertly. So this is the first crossover. They develop a very friendly, cute, and sort of a little bit mysterious relationship between Bailey and Sam. Yeah. And it follows through in a different way when Bailey goes to LA. Because when Bailey goes to LA, she is really at a low point. Um, And she just wants to save her patient. She has a patient who needs a kidney transplant from her sister. And her sister wants to give it, but the sister doesn't disclose that she has HIV. And then they talk about this really interesting ethical point, right? Where they're like, we can't do that, but it's the only one that's available. And there's drugs for it. And, you know, some of the doctors don't want to engage in that because it's illegal, you know, or could be illegal rather. They, from the crossover episode to the episode where Bailey goes they carry over not only that episode also the episode where Addison comes to back to Seattle back to Seattle because Bailey is going through some stuff and she's not really catching up and you know Addison says Bailey you look sad what's going Mm. on and so then Bailey says I can't catch up with you I can't tell you that my heart hurts so much sometimes I want to pull it out because Tucker moved out Mm. and I don't know what to do anymore so I'm just not going to do that and they sort of um take a step further not really complete that story when bailey is in los angeles i think i forgot the other two things that i was gonna say that i like that they did well yes i was talking about bailey and sam yes so bailey and sam's chemistry also kind of continues when she's over in LA. She keeps fighting with Sam and trying to get him to step up as a surgeon that he once was and be serious because he's so cautionary and she calls him the guy who like waits on the sidelines, who just watches Mm -hmm. and wants to be cautious all the time. And eventually he helps. And we discover that he used to be a cardio surgeon. And also he says he's going to kiss her, which I forgot that they had that moment. He's like, you are a tiny stubborn annoying woman you know and then he's like and I'm gonna kiss you now <laughs> and she says okay but then bails at the last moment because she's got a lot going on and he sort yeah. of smiles and says it's so interesting you think you're in control you know you like to think you're in control but you really have nothing figured out huh and we also find out that Tucker actually had an emotional affair yeah because during the episode that Bailey is there she's helping not helping I want to say but Addison is trying to figure out whether or not she did something wrong because she had a Mm -hmm. sort of emotional affair of her own with a married man medical drama drama (laughs) (laughs) with the doctors and then another thing that I there's an episode I didn't mention um, when I was sort of outlining the main crossover ones, but it kind of counts. So there's an episode in season eight where it's a flash forward forward slash 
it's more of an alternate reality episode. So Meredith has a dream. Oh, what yes. If, yes. What if Ellis had married the chief, you know, in the, in the yes. episode, she's calling the chief dad. You know, she's dating Alex. It's super weird. Owen yeah. is married to Callie, which is, yeah. nice, you know, and they have three children. Callie thinks that she, he has an army buddy named Teddy, who she thinks is a man helping him through stuff. So question mark. But yeah, Addison is pregnant with Derek's child. And Derek is not the star of the hospital. He's actually struggling. And their relationship is not, is in a bad way. And I thought this was really interesting, juxtaposed against the reasons Addison goes to LA, which is to sort of have a baby and get away from Derek. And then they have this alternate reality where she is pregnant with Derek, but then at the end confesses that it's not his baby. It's actually (gasps) Mark. Mark comes out. And then of course... Exactly. And then, of course, when Mark is over in L.A., he has Sloan and the baby, well, his his mm-hmm. future grandchild. And he's also sort of they're both still always like reaching for what they think will fix it. And mm. obviously they sleep together. And Mark says, like, shall we do this? Like, you want to get together? You know, we can do this. And, you know, she says, like, if you're serious about that, I'll give it consideration. But if you still have. But do you love me or do you just want to like get away from what's going on and especially when you think about Lexi Gray and he couldn't answer in the affirmative so then she sort of just gives up all of that to say they really did a good job keeping even if it wasn't necessarily like the same story going throughout crossovers across multiple seasons thematically having things be right having things make sense yeah and I mean interestingly it happens again with Amelia when Amelia comes Mm -hmm. over and there is that first time she comes in season 7 and she brings Derek this brain tumor guy he's got a brain tumor and she's like really excited for him to it's her gift basically and he's just been shot and she just doesn't understand why Derek wouldn't have told her and she's trying to connect with him and this brain tumor man is the gift that she's giving so that she can try and connect and then of course she comes back in season eight with another patient in a completely different place and they're telling Mm. it's so i mean the way they're telling the story of amelia on grays if you're not watching private practice you're still seeing this like growth which is incredible because in that first episode, mm-hmm. you see Derek is just really seeing her so fragile. And the reason he didn't want to tell her about getting shot, he speaks to her at the end. Because mm-hmm. in the whole episode, he's quite mean to her and he's ignoring her. And Yeah, um, he's kind of condescending. Yeah, and he doesn't want her to be involved and he doesn't want to talk about the shooting. He doesn't want to talk about anything. But at the end, they're by the car, car park in the night. And he's then tells her, look, I didn't want to tell you because this our dad was shot. And you were like, she was such a small child and he just wants her to always be that. And obviously with her addiction, he's always wanted to protect her. And her addiction is this thing that he just couldn't protect her from. And he just, you know, he's seen her as this child for so long. Mm -hmm. And then in episode 15 of season eight, when she comes back, she's coming back and she's like, she's coming into her own Mm -hmm. as someone who's in recovery Mm -hmm. again. And she's trying to do something really good for this patient. And she's trying to be at her best. And she's asking Mm -hmm. for her big brother's help. Not because 
because she's fragile or weak, but mm. because she's feeling strong. And yes. she and she t- tells him that, and because he says to her that you're fragile, you're too fragile mm. because mm. she, you know, recently fallen off the wagon. But I mean, she's and she says to him like, no, I'm I'm in recovery, and mm. it takes a strong person to actually be in recovery. And being in the hospital full of med- med- meds. You yes, know? I love that line when she says, "I am standing in a building full of pills." A fact that I'm yeah. painfully aware of. <laughs> Exactly, and yeah, it's yeah. and it's what's it's making her it's her it's her strength yeah. that is what's keeping her standing is mm-hmm. it's that she's strong that's why she's she's able to do this case and, she's, and aware actually, of it. she's aware of it in a way that she wasn't I guess in the same way before and she's actually saying my addiction isn't this weakness I my recovery mm-hmm. is the strength. Um, Mm -hmm. and she's standing on her own and he's able to see her that way finally I think this is this is one of the I guess paired episodes about a character that is just so well matched you know and is mm -hmm. like such a brilliant loop that does a 180 um, even in their relation it's interesting because in both episodes Derek is trying to protect her but all in sort of condescending ways you know and the one without sort of being very like you don't need to know blah 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 but then being vulnerable and saying well it's because of the shooting um, yeah. before and I had to hold you and like I just don't want to tell you that but their dynamic is that she's pushing up against him all the time and he's being mm. you're so stubborn you're so rude you always overreach you do all the stuff and in the next one he's still deflecting you know as you were saying saying you're yeah. too fragile and you're trying to work on this thing but you're not going to manage if we don't figure it out or if it doesn't mm. work out you will relapse again and um, whatever but it's interesting that when just before they go into surgery and she says you know I'm a bit scared I'm anxious he reminds her of her strength before he was always reminding her of her weakness you know and he yeah you used to jump a lot after dad got shot and then one day I found you with a box of firecrackers and you were just setting them off setting them off until you didn't jump anymore yeah fight when you're afraid you're a fighter don't forget that and I just thought it was so beautiful it was it was beautiful and like one of those like more I guess the deeper sort of moments um but there was that episode I guess this is probably the last one we'll discuss um, Mm. that you spoke about when Addison kind comes back yes, this is now, I guess now favorite. in season four yeah and she comes back to Seattle Grace to work on I think it was a baby I can't remember but um I remember that yeah. episode everyone sees her and, she's, and they're like you're back you're back yeah. she's like I'm not <laughs> back and she also keeps insisting that everything at Seattle Grace is exactly the same and nothing's like, changed everything has changed <laughs> yeah yeah it was such a good episode I think it was a great like sort of reflection on like so much has changed and yeah we're getting to see that because Addison's saying nothing's changed yes and exactly so well so and you're smart. like wait yeah. um yeah the last time Addison was here Meredith and Derek were together and now they're yeah. not together and of course really she doesn't right. know that yeah and no, she's, she's like oh, oh my god so <laughs> steps a, on everything every, um, one thing I will say is this show this episode I highly recommend just because it, it's one of those episodes where the humor was so on point yeah all the comedy gods were really like worked into almost every scene. Yeah. Even Addison was just so conscious about how she was presenting herself and was always yeah. sort of like saying the wrong thing and being like, oh, I hug now. Let's hug. Ha ha ha. Yes. <laughs> I'm very sad. And by then she's just so awkward and she's trying to be great, chill and cool, but failing. 
And also like she's trying to be gracious because of course she's supposed to be over the fact that now Derek and Meredith are together after the whole debacle. Um, And this is of course before um, the Archer episode when she realizes they're not together and she's looking at them like, what? She speaks, I think she said to Derek, like, what's wrong with you? Like, how how dare you not be with her? Yeah, yeah. So those are my, um, I would say my top four moments. Okay, number one, this one is not a moment, but it's, this is, remember there was, so Izzy is separated from the interns, but she's still best friends with George. George failed his intern exam. Yes. And so the interns, she smells alcohol on their breath and they're all like, yeah, George threw a party. And so Izzy's like very jealous. And they have this- Because she wasn't new, invited. To yeah. And they have an inside joke about like coding and they're like, yeah, coded, you know, and they get how <laughs> to use it. And she tries to use it and fails. And George has to be like, nobody wants to party with their boss. You know, you can't come to our parties. We're a different group now. And yeah, and really she's funny. having to realize that he's in a different phase because again, that's one of the things that have changed, and, exactly. she, and he's making her realize, look, things have changed. Like I'm no uh-huh. longer in that class. Um, yeah, so I've exactly. got to make new friends now. So it's like one of those things. I mean, not even that Addison realized, but we're seeing yeah. George say to her, "This has changed." Yes, and then the second funny is. Uh, when Addison is looking at Callie and Han and suspecting that they've got a vibe going on and Addison (laughs) at the lunch table says, Callie, (laughs) are you speaking the vagina monologues now? (laughs) And of course, Callie is like nervous, laughing, sweating, giggling in all the wrong places. Like what? (laughs) I like penis. I like penis. (laughs) And it is one of the great laugh out loud moments. And then, of course, when Addison is in the OR and is like, so who is this person that apparently Derek is dating? And, of course, Nurse Rose is right next to her. (laughs) And he's like, who is this person who is, like, you know, basically doomed because Derek loves Of the legend. Yeah. Exactly. Because of the legend. Yeah. And Bailey's like, the woman to your left, you know? (laughs) And God bless Rose. Rose is so graceful. You know, she says, three dates, heavy petting, nice guy. <laughs> and you know, Addison nearly dies. And yes, and then my and then my other favorite moment, which is I, I just I loved it so much, is uh, the elevator when Meredith and Derek are inside, and then Addison gets inside, and then it opens, and Mark is outside, and he just throws his head back and laughs. And yes! It's truly one of my favorite things. I even remember <laughs> when I first saw the episode, comes constantly rewinding just to see it again because it was really nice. And then he gets in the elevator and gets and Rose is in the elevator. And Rose well. That's is what in I the elevator. And then yes. you know, Mark being our fave, like leans into Derek and says, <laughs> "Bet you wish he took the stairs right took about the stairs." <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was and, also one of my favorite moments. Yeah, and you, you're so right. I really love. She saw of tells Derek like what what is this you're not with you know Meredith anymore and he sort of is just like well you know I'm doing my best and leaves but I really love right at the end of the episode she says her true feelings you know what I mean she goes straight to Meredith and is just like I swear to God Meredith if you let him ride into the sunset with that doe eye (laughs) I don't and then she realizes it's none of her business and stops but um yeah perfect episode love that episode love that episode and just like just love what they were doing um yeah with carrying on story and also not making it feel forced there were still two separate shows 
which is, I think, one of the strengths also of both of them. One didn't really depend on the other, which I loved as well. But yeah, that's, I just love this portion of Grey's is, is the, those, you know, crossovers and those moves from all those mm. different actors. And the Shondaland multiverse, when they do the crossover, right, it's always a great time. Yeah. Should we close? Yeah, let's close. Okay, um, so today's quote comes from that iconic episode. It goes, you may think you know who I am and what I'm about, but don't get it twisted. We are not the same. So allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Olivia Pope, and I don't have to explain myself to anyone, especially you. Brilliant. May I only pray for a moment in my life where I can say, so allow me to reintroduce, to reintroduce myself. myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh. May we all be blessed. Thanks, Porsche. Thanks, Osi. See you next time. Bye. Bye. If you listen to the show and you like it and you love it and you want to support it and help other people find us, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Assume It Will Be Brilliant Pod. And if you have any questions, queries, or comments, please email us at assumeitwillbebrilliant at gmail.com. And remember, step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant. 